if to get buried alive. You can do more than survive. You can thrive. Now, it's good news that we don't have to get buried alive because sometimes we go through some business and it's heavy and we're like, oh, thank goodness, I'm not going to get buried alive. We can do more than survive. We can do more than just get through it. And we can actually be better on the other end. Such is the promise of the gospel. And so today we're going to be closing this out uh, with a challenge. uh, And our message today is called soul conditioning. Soul conditioning. And so we're going to turn to uh, the scriptures with the letter of 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. And I'm going to invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Now this is Paul talking to his protege, Timothy. If you put these instructions before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished on the words of faith and of the sound teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. Train yourself in godliness. For while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and struggle, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Train yourself in godliness. Now, I could not run a mile until I was 28 years old. Not a, couldn't do it. I know I was supposed to learn how to do that in elementary school. I don't know if they still do this, but do you remember the test in elementary school and PE where, like, annually you'd have to climb the rope? I still can't climb that rope. I've got scars from trying to climb that rope. I can't climb that rope. They also have, like, the one-mile run test. I walk that thing every year. Every year. Go on. I'm an achiever. I like to win, but not on mile run test day. Go for it. I'll see you when we're done. But somewhere in my late 20s, uh, my wife and a friend challenged me to start running. Actually, this is how it happened. My wife and her friend started running, uh, and I said, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. And she said, no, you can't. I said, yes, I can. Not really. We have a little fun. But at at any rate, um, her friend's husband and I started to pick up running. Uh, And we picked up this program. It's really good, and it's very appropriately named. It's called Couch to 5k. Um, I was on the couch. Well, I took four or five weeks to get going. We'd start a little bit of running, a lot of walking, and then at any rate, four or five weeks later, I ran a mile without walking, without stopping. I got to the back of the end of the driveway. I was like, woohoo, I did it. Woo! I was so excited. I couldn't walk for four more days after that, but that's fine. I finally, after 28 years, ran a mile, and then we just kept going. We kept going. It was so exciting. Uh, a few weeks later, I think it was, gosh, uh, 10 weeks or so into the whole thing, we could run three miles without walking. It was fantastic. And so that was April of that year. And by November, Amanda and I ran a half marathon at 13 miles, all in the course of a few months. It's pretty fantastic. We had the time of our life. Now, running, running is tough. 
And it was a challenge to get through every milestone. But here's, here's the reason I tell you this. I'm not bragging now. I can't run a half marathon now. I couldn't run to the chicken place from here. Though if there was chicken at the other end, I might be able to run for that. Running is tough, and it was a challenge to get. But, but listen, there was a point along the way where that mile that took me 28 years to get to, where that became easy. There was a point when that five-mile mark, which took like 12 weeks to get to, where it was just a warm-up. It's not that way now, but it was. And here's the reason. The reason is because we had put in the work. And there's something about our bodies that works with exercise. When you put your body to the test and you do exercise, the things that were a challenge before become easier. And you're more equipped for the challenges that are coming. Now, we fast forward, and now I'm back at square one or two or something like that. Uh, You know, the mileage is still a struggle because I took a lot of time off. But here's what I know based on how the body works. You put in the time, you can do it. And so that's, that's what I'm, I'm banking on. Physical training gets us in shape. Physical training gets us in shape for physical tasks. It really does. Uh, there's, there are times when um, physical training can really help you overcome things in your life, like when you've got to climb a rope. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, that, the more you do, the more you can do. That's kind of how it works. But there are things that happen in our lives. We're not always faced with climbing a rope or running a mile or or pushing something heavy out of the way, most of the time, the things that happen in our life require a completely different set of muscle. See, when you've got grief, when you've got overwhelming odds, when you've got emotional pileup and, and things happening in your life, things that are really difficult, temptation, it takes a different kind of strength to make it through that. And so spiritual challenges require spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. Now, I get how muscles grow. I get how you can get stronger in your body. But how do we get spiritual strength? How does that happen? Does it happen just by sitting in church? Do, do we, uh, if we squint real hard and look a little bit off to the right, will it just happen? What if I go, what if I go on a, to a conference or a retreat and I have a mountaintop experience? Is that how it happens? Or do we just absorb it <laughs> suddenly? I'm going to hang out over here and all the spiritual strength will just, well, wherever. The same way, though, this, this doesn't work that way. The same way that we can prepare our bodies for the challenges of exercise, we can prepare our souls for the challenges of life. The same way that we can prepare our bodies for the challenges of exercise, we can prepare our souls for the challenges of life. So the Apostle Paul uh, is writing in this passage of scripture to his protege, Timothy, uh, or his mentee, Timothy. You can't say mento because I think that's candy. Uh, but at any rate, Timothy is a student and a partner in ministry. And so he tells Timothy, he says, train yourself in godliness. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for this present life and the life to come. Train yourself in godliness. Timothy had traveled with Paul. You remember Paul's known for going all over the known world, spreading the gospel and helping to start churches all over the place. And he didn't do that alone. He brought Timothy with him on a lot of these. And uh, Paul ascribed to that kind of mentorship that, that went like this. It said, I'll do it and you watch. We'll do it together. And then you do it. It's a great model. And so by the time uh, we get first and second Timothy. By the time Paul writes these letters, Timothy is the pastor of one or more of these churches in the area of Ephesus. 
So he's kind of out doing the work. And in chapter 4 of this letter, Paul warns Timothy. He says, look, there are some big challenges headed your way. Challenges to your ministry, challenges to your church, challenges to your soul. They are coming. Oh, well, thanks, Paul. (laughs) Appreciate that. But Paul does more than just alert him. More than just, hey, buddy, heads up. Paul calls him to train for them. Paul says, train yourself for these things that are coming. Train yourself in godliness so that when the trouble comes, it won't undercut your life. Train yourself in godliness now so that later you will stand tall through the challenges and adversity that comes your way. Train yourself in godliness. So the same way that you can train, train your body for physical challenges, you can train your soul to endure and thrive through adversity. And when I think about that, when I think about uh, that first mile that I ran and how hard that was and how easy it became after regular exercise, think about the challenges that we go through in life. The more that we train and condition our souls, the less of a level 10 every challenge becomes in our life. They become more manageable, and less uh, anxiety-inducing. So I get uh, that idea that soul conditioning, spiritual conditioning, helps us get ready for the tough stuff. Because here's the truth. Listen to me now. Things will happen in your life. Tough things. If somebody told you otherwise, I'm really sorry. Things will happen. There's no question about that. We can't bank on uh, avoiding difficulties for our whole lives. Maybe you've been successful at it so far. Praise the Lord. Uh, But just get ready. So there's not really anything we can do about that. But we can say, okay, I know that that's true and get ready for it. So your prime opportunity to thrive through adversity is actually before it ever happens. Y'all, this is, the mo- this is the most important thing. Your prime time to get ready to thrive through difficult things is before difficult things happen. Now. The habits that you build and the strength that you grow in your life today will be what help you to endure through things later on in life. What we do to condition our souls now prepare us in advance to thrive during life's challenges. Spiritual strength. Now, a strong faith and a resilient spirit, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't just happen. We have got to cultivate it. We have got to work it. I stared at my biceps for a long time saying, get strong. I found out it ain't going to happen like that. I'm going to have to put in some work, aren't I? You just wait. No, 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 look at me. Come on. But you get the point. It's not going to just happen. We've got to cultivate it. It's going to require regular soul conditioning. Spiritual exercise is what it's going to require. Spiritual exercise. Some of you are ready to leave right now because I said exercise, huh? Listen, soul conditioning is actually deep in our Methodist heritage. Did you know that? It's in the Methodist DNA because the Methodist way of following Jesus was born and rooted in this idea of spiritual growth through uh, accountability and Christian fellowship, through spiritual disciplines, 
uh, through holiness. It's deep down in our DNA, and that's a great thing. And I, I'm really excited about that because we know, we have somewhere in our, our DNA an idea of what it looks like to grow in our faith. Now, the idea, the goal of soul conditioning, the goal of spiritual strength is not so that we can become radically self-reliant. It's not so that we can say, yeah, I've been praying for a week. I'm ready for this. That's not what it's about. In fact, the opposite is true. The goal of soul conditioning is to actually grow in reliance on God and to grow in relationship with God because it is God's strength. It is God's grace. It is God's power that carries us through adversity. So the goal of soul conditioning, of spiritual exercise, is not, I got this. It's, I know deep down in my bones that God's got this. Yeah? That's the goal. And so, I know that lots of us have been through some business in our life. Um, Somebody told me something really encouraging one day. Uh, They said, uh, you know what, Jim? I said, yes, sir. You're either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or getting ready for one. I said, well, thank you for being a bright light of sunshine in my day, sir. Well, there's a little bit of truth to that. You know how it feels to, like, get out of a big ordeal, like the the thing that was so big is done, and sometimes you just want to collapse in your chair and say, thank you, Lord, I can breathe. I'm just going to sit back and relax. And we really should thank God for the victories like that in our life. But here's what I want to tell you. That time, that is time to get ready. It's prime time time for some soul conditioning. It's time to get ready with some spiritual exercise. And spiritual exercise and soul conditioning is a lifelong endeavor. And along the way, you're going to find some spiritual muscles that you didn't know you had. But you know what? You're going to have to start soul conditioning somewhere and somehow. And it might as well be today. To either start or refresh your spiritual exercise today. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you two ideas that will help you either renew your commitment or begin a commitment to some spiritual exercise today. And the first one is simply this. Make room. Make room for some spiritual exercise in your life. Make room. I am convinced that the number one challenge to the modern living of the Christian faith is that we don't have enough space, that we have used up all of our space. How many of you ever had a slow computer? All right, I've had computers like this where, you, okay, so you open up the browser, and you look for a second, you go make a cup of coffee, and you go out and, and you check on the kids, and you go mow the lawn and the neighbor's lawn, and then the neighbor's lawn down the street, and you come back, oh, and you can check your email now. You know, slow computer. And it often gets that way because you've got so much junk running in the background of your computer. Maybe you've got programs. Maybe you've got all these processes going. And basically, your computer's bogged down because what's going on inside it is more than it can handle. It's more than the space it's got. Well, the same exact thing happens in our lives. We fill up every ounce of space in our life. We fill our schedules. We fill our time. We fill our minds. And there's little room left for anything else. And when there is, we tend to fill our lives with some pretty meaningless stuff. We just do. do you, have you ever heard the meaning behind the word amusement? Amusement, amuse. We make parks out of it. Sounds pretty exciting. I like to be amused. Well, let's do, let's do a, little, um, a little language study here for just a second. 
The word amuse is the word muse with the prefix a. Do you know what the prefix a is? Not. Do you know what the word muse means? Inspiration. So to be amused is to have your inspiration taken away. That's the word amusement. That's the word amusement. To take away the inspiration. And there's so much of the stuff that we fill our lives with that is amusement, that takes away the inspiration, that does nothing to fill our souls. And I can think of one example in my own life, and it's this. Over and over and over again. And, and this. I just opened up a program right there. Click There's so many things that fill our lives up that add nothing. And so our lives need periodic reordering. A little spring cleaning of how we spend our time and the energy and the space of our lives. And so I wonder what in your life is taking up soul space? Or what in your life may even be taking you slowly or quickly a little bit further from God? Are you working too much? Do you need to tell Netflix, no, I'm sorry, I'm not still watching? Do you you need to shut off your phone for a little while? Or your computer or the TV, do you need to do that? Do you need to take a little break from the news at least every once in a while? Do you have one too many commitments and it's time to say, for the sake of my soul, I'm going to put one down? What's taking up space in your life? Now, this isn't about getting rid of all your fun stuff. No, have, have fun stuff. It's not about falling down on your responsibilities. No, be responsible. It's about reordering them. It's simply about making choices and not accidental uh, actions. Just carve out some time on a regular basis for spiritual exercise. I wonder what that looks like for you. Make some room. Make room. Second idea is this. Do something. Ah, that's right. Aren't you glad I'm a preacher for that one? (laughs) Oh, I needed a preacher to tell me to do something. Do something that will draw you closer to God on a regular basis. Do something. Make a habit of some sort of spiritual exercise. Begin or renew just some sort of spiritual exercise on a regular basis. And listen, there's no need to reinvent the wheel here. There's no need to shell out $1,000 for a guru or to wait till the next bestseller on the Christian bestseller list comes out. No, no, there's no need to reinvent the wheel because throughout the history of our faith, there are some simple ways that just work. They just help you connect with God hands down. And most of them are pretty free. <laughs> so listen up. The things like this. If one speaks to you, write it down so you can do that. Uh, reading the Bible. You don't have to do it cover to cover. Just reading the Bible connects you with God. Oh, that's so simple. I know, I know, but are you doing it? <laughs> it's kind of like when I, uh, a handful of years ago, when my cholesterol was too high and I didn't want to take some pills yet. I was only 27, that's why I started running. Um, and I said, oh, well, what can I do? He said, well, you can uh, stop eating butter. I said, oh, no, no. <laughs> One, that's far too simple for me. My body is much more complex than that, and I'm not giving away my butter. He said, stop eating butter. Start exercising. What? No, no, no. Surely, surely there's something that I can pay for, something that I can do. No, 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 no. It's the same idea. This, this stuff here, it's, <laughs> there's nothing uh, groundbreaking about it except it breaks ground in your heart. Read the Bible. That's one spiritual exercise. Worship here or, and especially, in your personal life and with your families. 
worship connects you with God. It just does. It's proven. I've got books from the first century that tell you it's true. Pray. Praying. Talking to God, listening to God. It just works. Serving other people. Did you know that serving other people is spiritual exercise? Oh, it is. When you serve somebody else, it's not just about us feeling good. It's not at all. It's about uh, God working in our lives through the act of generous presence in other people's life. When we serve people, that's spiritual exercise. Generosity. Did you know that uh, diligently managing what God has entrusted us with and being generous with it, that that is spiritual exercise? It's spiritual exercise. Fellowship with other Christians is spiritual exercise. And I'm talking not just fried chicken fellowship, though fried chicken fellowship is fantastic. I'm talking your soul and my soul surrounding our spiritual lives. My soul and your soul surrounded by God to connect. It's spiritual exercise. There's just some simple, basic ways that help us grow in faith. So here's what you do. Just pick something. Pick something. Don't don't pick them all, because that's a recipe for disappointment if you haven't done any yet. But pick something. Pick two if you're being ambitious, and do something. And here's something I want you to remember. A regular habit is more important than regularly feeling good about it. A regular habit is more important than regularly feeling good about your spiritual exercise. It just is. Here's, here's an example. There are times when you sit down to read the Bible. Let's just take it as an example. And you open the Bible and you read something and you say, Oh, Lord, that spoke to everything in my life and it inspired me. It was a word just for me, and I feel so blessed. Thank you, Jesus. And then, the next day, you might open your Bible and say, what? You might not be awake enough to read it. You won't feel a thing. You might not even understand what you just read. But you know what? Don't let that stop you. You keep reading, or you keep praying or you keep serving because it's the habit that matters because no matter if you feel it or not the holy spirit is at work in your life whenever you do spiritual exercise period just because you doesn't you doesn't just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not true the spirit is at work when you do and the long haul will show growth and benefits in your life that you wouldn't want to have missed over one or two days of not feeling it it's just like this when you're sick and the doctor gives you an antibiotic when you take that first one you feel better immediately don't you No. No. Does it mean it's not working? No. You keep taking them. You keep it's just like if I were to go and try to get those bulging biceps and I pick up a a dumbbell one day and put it down and say, I didn't like that. Guess what's never gonna happen? Uh, Don't worry, I'm not gonna try to get big biceps, but you get the point. The the regular habit is more important than regularly feeling good about it. So here's the deal. Keep it simple. Make some room for spiritual exercise and do something to connect you with God. Make room and do something. Say it with me. Make room. Do something. Yes, and we're awake. Here's the deal. The Bible tells us that spiritual training, training in godliness makes us stronger in the same way that physical training makes us stronger, but training in godliness, soul conditioning is good for all things. It helps us to get ready to thrive in the face of adversity. So here's the call. Now is the time. Now is the time to get ready to grow because the habits and patterns you build today will make the difference. Don't wait. Start training in godliness now. Begin spiritual exercise now. Train yourself with the Spirit now and your soul will thank you later.
So how do you need to make room? And what will you do to begin growing in spiritual exercise? How will you recommit your practice of spiritual exercise? I'm excited to see how you will grow and how together we'll thrive as things come against us. Because God is good. And remember this, when things happen, when adversity strikes, you don't have to get buried alive. And you can do more than simply survive. You can thrive. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word and for the promise and